right now that we have to talk about the budget. And Governor Walker did some good things with his veto pen today and then signed the budget. He's also um, gone a little bit beyond what some people expected him to do by issuing a few executive orders that that essentially take some of the items that some senators wanted in the budget and turns them into policy through executive order. Brett Healy's on the phone from the McIver Institute to help sift through all of this. Hi, Brett. How are you? Good afternoon, Vicki. I am well. And you? I am doing well, particularly after Good. I saw that Governor Walker went a bit above and beyond on on the budget signing and the veto pen. But let's start out with the veto, shall we? Um, we one shall. of and, and I'm going to start out with my favorite veto. This is my favorite veto. Governor Walker gave the boot to an expansion of authority of a shadowy public financing operation that's a quasi-government entity in Wisconsin that sought eminent domain authority, Governor Walker took his veto pen and said, no way, Ray. Let's talk about the PFA. There's just a story out today about how they they, they um, helped Kansas uh, University of Kansas do an end run around their legislature. The more we learn about this shadowy group, PFA, the more there is to be concerned. And like you mentioned, uh, thankfully, Governor Walker uh, saw fit to delete this whole section that was inserted late into the process. Uh, immediately caught our eye when we looked at the language and we saw the fact that they're giving the power of eminent domain to this group, a group, quite frankly, that we had never heard of. And so we started digging around, and lo and behold, uh, this group is uh, very controversial. Uh, we found an article from 2016 where Wisconsin's PFA uh, provided the financing to the University of Kansas when they were looking for uh, bonding to pay for $300, $300 million worth of buildings for the university system in Kansas. And it turns out the University of Kansas picked the PFA deliberately so that it would not need legislative approval from the Kansas legislature. One thing about, about that, that as well, that it, from what the article I read about this, it sounds like they, they didn't even have to put up any other buildings or any other type of collateral on this loan. It was just, here's your loan, $300 million, go to town. Think of, think if the shoe was on the other foot. Think if some outside agency came to the University of Wisconsin system, provided them the financing to greatly expand uh, uh, the building program all over the state, and the legislature didn't have any say or approval in that $300, $300 million worth of building. They'd go crazy. Well, yeah, because what if you can't What if you can't pay the bonds? What if you don't have the ability to do it? And then that ultimately results in certainly that University of Kansas is worried about this. It ultimately results in a massive tuition increase or something else or a big a demand for a big tax increase. And that was... Whoever, the, go ahead. Whoever thought in the legislature it was a good idea to give this group, the PFA, more power just blows my mind. Uh, we should have been in this budget seeing language that was getting rid of this entity altogether. Agreed. Not Brett, giving it more power. We don't know how, quite how it works either because there's not a lot of transparency with this organization. What's the Wisconsin taxpayer exposed risk? Because a lot of the lending that they do is is kind of sketchy. What's our what is our exposure on this? 
Well, they claim that uh, the Wisconsin taxpayer doesn't have uh, much exposure, but we really don't know. And Scott Allen, State Representative Scott Allen, uh, was so concerned about this language that this was the sole reason he voted against the budget. And not only that, he's now asking for an audit of the PFA to figure that exactly out. What is the liability? What is the exposure of the Wisconsin taxpayers for some of these risky investments that they seem to be making? Yeah. Um, This is, uh, you know, if it's going to be in the form of a piece of legislation, it's probably not going to make it out of the assembly. So hopefully we get some executive action on taking a look at how this thing operates and what it is doing, hiring lobbyists in Wisconsin to ply leadership for expansion of authority in Wisconsin, which they claim they would. We're going to forbear our, our ability to declare properties condemned. But I mean just trust us we don't even know how they operate and that's what they expected um to somehow get through the budget governor walker said no he just nixed the whole thing and now it's about finding out what's behind this this lending authority in the first place which has been nicknamed the the bond house of last resort by the way Um, some of the other items um that were that were on the veto list uh were pretty decent because they actually vetoed into law um, some better policy, things like the Fed state swap, uh, the, the referendum language, the energy efficiency workaround that some of the school districts were using to circumvent the referendum process. Um, how does that all play out in the budget veto? Well, you're exactly right. Uh, the governor issued 99 uh, vetoes, partial vetoes with this budget. Uh, and according to his figures, we're going to see an immediate savings of $16.5 million in the 17-19 biennium. And the vetoes will save an estimated $71 million in the 19-21 budget. So uh, these are not just inconsequential vetoes. These are actually uh, taxpayer-friendly vetoes. Uh, the one you pointed out, the um, the uh, energy efficiency uh, veto, Governor Walker had proposed eliminating that exemption from revenue limits. The Journal Sentinel did a nice article a little while back showing that uh, since 2009, school districts have used this exemption to increase spending at the local level, level by over $200 million, so a significant increase in spending without any sort of taxpayer say. Uh, so with Governor Walker's veto, it will uh, close that loophole and it will force school districts to either figure out how to make these changes within their existing budgets or go to the taxpayers and ask for additional funds to to build energy efficiency uh, right. buildings and all that those sort of projects. Permanently. Close, the, close that loophole permanently with the veto. Permanently, yeah. Permanently. That was a very good... Uh, veto. It was. And then we have the federal uh, state swap. As you pointed out, this was one of those controversies at the end that some of the conservative senators were senators were pushing for in order to vote for the budget. Uh, the governor uh, vetoed out uh, some of this language and is directing the department to uh, look to do the federal state swap whenever they can. Uh, we're not talking about, again, a small amount of money. Uh, we have the one example in Waukesha County where two sections of road, both a mile long, one paid for with state dollars, one paid with federal dollars. The federal uh, mile stretch of road cost $8 million to rebuild, and the mile stretch 
paid for with just state dollars only cost $6.2 million. So uh, the idea here is if we minimize the, the, the projects funded with federal dollars, we'll actually be able to build roads at a significant lower cost. Yeah, I mean that was that will, it, it was a study. It was turned it was turned from an idea of a way to save money instantly to a study. This could be hundreds of millions of dollars, um, but but for some reason the budget had it as a study. We don't need to study it. The only study that needs to do is how much money can we save? Okay, we're going to do it here, 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 and here. Um, that was a great veto by by taking away the the study element of that. I want to talk about some of the things he did through executive action, which I thought were pretty. Uh, pretty impressive creating that office of inspector general at dot i didn't expect to see it i thought that one was going to be one we were going to be griping about next budget budget time brett and this is another reform that the uh group of conservative uh, senators uh proposed during the budget process they'd like to see a full-time position within the dot to make sure all of uh all of our money is being spent wisely and efficiently and to root out this, these sort of changes like the Fed state swap, where we could hopefully uh, significantly lower the cost of building roads in the state and uh, perhaps put off at least for a little while this in, uh, incessant uh, call for a higher gas tax. Oh, that was something else Governor Walker vetoed, was the expanded bureaucracy of the TPC, which was, of course, expanded uh, with a brand new layer of bureaucracy solely for the purpose to generate the support for a gas tax increase. Governor Walker got rid of that, too. All of us fiscal conservatives know how difficult it is to shrink the size and scope of government. So this was a really important one to me. As you put it, creating a new bureaucracy uh was only going to grow in the future if this thing survived. So Governor Walker deserves to be applauded for Absolutely. Uh, standing up and getting rid of the, the new bureaucrats at the TPC. Yeah, because I'll tell you what, lobbyists were responsible for most of the bad crony junk in that budget, and Governor Walker um, got rid of almost all of it. Now, um, it, isn't all, it isn't all perfect. Uh, massive increase in spending, quite frankly. Um, but um, the one that really I think is going to get people's noses out of whack is the free laptops for freshmen. That stayed in the budget. That stayed in. And um, I, I don't use this word lightly, but I think this is, uh, it is correct to call this the, the new entitlement in this budget uh, because, as we all know, it is going to be nearly impossible in the future to ever take away these laptops from uh, from ninth graders. Uh, we can, without much debate, they inserted this provision into the budget. We'd love to have a conversation about whether or not uh, that money could be better spent uh, 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 teaching our kids, but apparently uh, the Assembly believes that it is of the highest priority to make sure that every kid has a laptop um, I, I think the educational value of that provision is uh, debatable at best. Uh, be that of. is a nice way of saying it's another <laughs> SOP. This was this had to be another lobbyist-driven, vendor-driven demand in the budget, and I wish Governor Walker would have gotten rid of it. Because you're right. Once it's there, it isn't going away. We're going to be buying laptops for freshmen forever. Forever and ever. And ever and ever. Um, good to have you on the program, by the way. If you want to read a comprehensive analysis of Governor Walker's vetoes and also some of his executive actions, go to McIverInstitute.com. Brett Healy, thank you. Thanks, Vicki. We'll take a quick break. I will be right back.